News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-State Sam, wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back. That's what they're all about over at Cunis Honda Hyundai. And that no fear lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Check them on out. Shop online. Go to shopcunis.com. Tell them Mark Sencha. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning here in uh, as we approach mid-November, believe it or not. Feels odd saying that already. Uh, we are in the heart of the NFL season. We're into the second half of the NFL season, actually, which is crazy to think about. Really, really talk about a, a time, uh, you know, time messing with your brain. Uh, we're into week 10. We will get to a full week 10 NFL preview, go through all the games, talk college football, the college football playoff rankings. Why um, there's going to be uh, some major shakeups, I think, to the rankings here in the coming uh, weeks, especially, I think, even this week and certainly by the end of the year, uh, setting up well for the Big Ten and the SEC if things go to plan. We'll break through all of that. How Can TCU uh, hang on? Can Oregon uh, make a last-minute push? What about LSU? Get into all those type of weird, crazy storylines with it. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the show with a little basketball talk as the NBA uh, season marches on towards uh, Christmas Day when we'll finally really start paying attention to the NBA. Uh, but let's get this show started as we always do with Hesman Headline Number One. We're going to talk awards. Hesman's Headlines on the mark. Yeah, we're going to give out some midseason NFL awards. You ready for this? <laughs> we just finished the halfway point of the NFL season. We're past it now. And so uh, we, we I, w- I want to take some time. I want to hand out some midseason awards. I think there are some... Uh, things we just have to acknowledge. We have to talk about as far as uh, where where we're at in the middle of this NFL season and how much has gone on. And uh, and and listen, we're not the first half of the season doesn't determine everything that's happened in the season. But I do think we've learned a lot. We we can project a lot out, and I do think we should uh, we should honor some guys for the first half of their season. So let's get into it with my uh, uh, NFL midseason award. So far, my NFL coach year is is got to be Pete Carroll. This is a really tough category. You have Nick Sirianni, Robert Sala, Brian Dayball, all deserving candidates uh, for coach of the year. Now I'm going to go with Pete Carroll though because Pete Carroll is really winning the divorce. I mean, he's going through a lot like what Russell Wilson, I mean, a lot like what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady did two years ago, where people talked a lot about who's going to win the divorce. And I think 99.99% of us thought, oh, Russell Wilson, it's all him. Pete Carroll is old. He is, you know, kind of a dinosaur in today's NFL. He all he wants to do is play defense and run the football. And what Pete Carroll has done with this Seahawks team is nothing short but incredible. They're six and three. Uh, they got a tough game this week uh, on the on the 
other continent of Europe is on the road. They're on the road, yes. They're literally across the pond in, in Munich in Germany uh, playing the Bucks. And, uh, and and listen, he deserves a ton of credit. He has built this team exactly the way he wants it. He has built it with guys who are buying in, who are playing above their uh, draft grade, above their pay grade. And uh, he's really created a, uh, a, a team in Seattle that – doesn't just squeak by in his winning games. They're blowing some people out. They blew out the Cardinals last week, a team that uh, we all expected to be. Uh, I don't know what NFL analysts or predictor predicted the, the Seahawks have a better record than the Cardinals this year, let alone blow out the Cardinals in a head-to-head matchup. Um, the, the Seahawks have been beyond impressive. I was completely wrong about them. Will it last? Will it go the whole year? I don't know. We'll wait to see. As of right now, things are flying high in Seattle and uh, Pete Carroll gets my mid-season coach of the year award. My offensive player of the year award so far through uh, half the games played, it's got to be Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill in that offseason that he had was one we talked about a ton. You know, he had mentioned the Jets. Maybe I want to get traded there uh, to to the Dolphins. The Dolphins trade a ton to the uh, the Chiefs to get Tyree Kill. Um, the questions were then, you know, what are the Chiefs going to look like? He's going to—they're going to be missing him. I think you could argue the Chiefs are missing him. The Chiefs certainly—we um, saw it last night in that game. Uh, you know, the other night in that game against uh, uh, Tennessee on Sunday Night Football, they don't have their big knockout punch. Sometimes, you know, you, you look at the drives that Patrick Mahomes is going on: a ten play, nine plays, eight play. Uh, 11 play drives throwing the ball 63 times as opposed to you know the Patrick Mahomes stat line we're used to is uh, two three play drives because Tyree Kill can just break a big play he's doing that for the Dolphins leads the league in receptions 76 leads the league in targets with 100 leads the league in yards with uh, 1104 three touchdowns to go with that Tyree Kill has been everything the Dolphins wanted him to be and more and the Dolphins have done a really great job of kind of showing you uh, the model of a successful NFL team without a superstar quarterback. The Dolphins and the Vikings are the AFC and NFC teams that are completely built in the right way to uh, around a quarterback who is not an all-world rare talent, right? You kind of have two paths in the NFL. Find the guy who's like, Rare, special, unique, different. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers in his prime, where you're just like, this is different. Or find the guy who is extremely efficient and a great system quarterback and then surround him with talent. And you're seeing that with Minnesota's done that with Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Niners are doing that with Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Dolphins have done that really brilliantly with Tua and Tyree Kill. Uh, has been the engine that has made this Dolphins team go. The Dolphins are a legit threat, I think, to upset upset a big-time team in the playoffs. Are they a Super Bowl team? I don't know. They're young. They're fun to watch. And Tyree Kill has absolutely been a monster for them. He's easily my offensive player of the year through the midway part of the season. Defensive player of the year, a little bit different. Matthew Judon, great stats. Uh, he's been He's been terrific. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, 
Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons to me has uh, you know eight sacks, but he's really just led this Dallas defense. You know, you think about all those games with Cooper Rush. It was the Dallas defense and Micah Parsons disrupting game plans that really helped them stay afloat while missing Dak Prescott. This Dallas squad uh, is certainly uh, performing above what I thought they would at this point in time of the year. I projected them to be barely a 9-10 win team, uh, scrape into the playoffs, um, and they look like, yeah, they're not going to win their division because Philly's a juggernaut, uh, but absolutely Micah Parsons deserves credit right now as a defensive player of the year. I think he is right now the best defensive player in football, and he's setting himself up to have a really, really special um, career. I mean, he is on the trajectory of a guy that you say, okay, that guy wears uh, a gold jacket one day. And uh, this, I think, is certainly part of it. He's had a terrific start to the season. Stay healthy, finish off the season strong. Micah Parsons, I think, is without a doubt the defensive player of the year so far. Um, The MVP, really interesting. I think now you can make the case more so than ever that Patrick Mahomes deserves to be the MVP. Uh, He's got the Chiefs to first place in the NFC West. They are in the hunt for the number one overall seed uh, in the AFC. Uh, Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in uh, yards and in touchdown passes uh, in both categories as a nice significant lead. And now he's doing it without Tyree Kill. And he's doing it a little bit more with the pressure on him. The pressure is on Patrick. You know, he's got to put the team on his back. We saw it with that great gutsy win against the Titans on Sunday night football. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. And it's about time the NFL makes him a two-time MVP. Um, the, you know, the NFL and, and the NBA, they love storylines for the MVPs, right? They love to create the storylines. Um, I don't think you need to create a storyline this season. It's been a kind of a topsy-turvy, wild, weird season. Uh, don't look too hard. Don't think into it too hard right now. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the league. He's the best quarterback. He's the best player, leading the league in yards, leading the league in touchdowns, and he's doing it now with less talent around him. So that, I think, really, really needs to factor in to why Patrick Mahomes is the mo- the league's most valuable player. I have him as my midway season point MVP. Comeback player of the year, is uh, it, to me, is an easy one. Geno Smith. Geno Smith, uh, I, a lot of people are talking about Geno Smith for the MVP. I think that's a little silly, like nonsense. But listen, Geno Smith is sixth right now in passing yards. He's fifth overall in passing touchdowns. He has led Seattle uh, to a 6-3 and three record, uh, first place in the NFC West. Very tough NFC West division, we thought, going into it. And more importantly, Geno Smith is proving that he's more than right now a backup quarterback in the NFL. He is. He belongs in that discussion of those guys that are the Kirk Cousins, the uh, you know the Dak Prescotts, the Tua Tungavailoas that are like okay. There's nothing about them that's particularly special, but if you're in a great system and you have great weapons like Lockett, Metcalf, and a great young running back and a solid offensive line, then this dude can win you a bunch of regular season games. Geno Smith is earning himself the starting spot. Remember. Three months ago, we talked all offseason long. It was going to be Drew Locke or Geno Smith. We didn't even know. I mean, Pete Carroll jokingly talked about the open quarterback position. Remember, we made fun of them on this show. Hey, we have two great quarterbacks. Well, if you have two, you have none. Geno earned the starting job, and Geno hasn't given up the reins. He's been terrific. Now, again, can it last? We, we will see. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. This is something I've never seen before in my life as a football fan. I've never seen a former first-round pick kind of fall off the map, have legal issues, 
but keep earning himself a job studying and working and then taking advantage of a starting opportunity this late in his career. I mean, think about it. This would be like, uh, I mean, name any other first-round quarterback over the last 10 years that you see this to. I mean, it would be like uh, even more so than Mitchell Trubisky because uh, I think Mitchell was at least somewhat successful playoff run and, and, and you know, I, you know, not the legal trouble, kind of a good guy. Geno Smith had some of the, the off-the-field issues too. It's just nuts what Geno Smith is doing. He's absolutely the comeback player of the year, no matter what happens the rest of the year. Uh, I think that's his award to lose. Um, and and, and you're getting to the point where I honestly think Seattle has to really consider, depending on where they pick in the draft, uh, with Denver's pick and their pick, they roll with Geno Smith and keep surrounding him with talent until you find uh, maybe uh, uh, you know the the next successor. But Geno Smith has just extended his his time in the NFL tenfold uh, through these first nine games the NFL season. And congrats to him. All right, and now these are two um, ab- uh, made up awards. They're not real. They won't really be handed out. I'm going to hand them out, and I think they're fun. Uh, you're listening on the Mark here News Talk 1070 KHMO brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Uh, so let's jump into it. The surprise team of the year, and the just to me the biggest surprise of the year. I mentioned some of them. You know, obviously the the Seattle's the the Giants, the Jets, all very surprising. Some bad surprises, um, you know, with the Rams, the Bucks, things like that. But I think the surprise of the year, I, I mean, it, and it culminated earlier this week, the Indianapolis Colts becoming an absolute uh, disaster. I mean, they are a, uh, a, a just a, a fall-apart disaster. And uh, the um, there's no other word for it. I mean, we all, I, I was fooled into thinking that Matt Ryan could come in and be Phillip Rivers for them for two years and uh, get them to the playoffs, maybe even win the the division and right the ship while Indianapolis figured out their future quarterback position. We all thought they had their GM, their coach, and they've completely blown it up. They have looked bad from the start. Even in their wins, they have not been impressive. The Indianapolis Colts are a utter and complete surprise and, uh, and disaster in this way. Um, Frank Reich being fired uh, was not on anyone's bingo card. And uh, I, I, you know, I think he's a good coach. I think he will get an opportunity somewhere else. And uh, this whole Jeff Saturday experiment, I think, is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, and I think that the Colts are full-on tank mode right now. They are in full-on tank mode. And um, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, beyond, I, I don't have the words for it, honestly. I mean, you guys know. I, I've talked up the Colts. They had a solid defense. I think they, I mean, they lost Eberflus. They lost a lot of their defensive staff. Um, they lost Nick Sirianni uh, two years ago to the Eagles, and maybe it's just uh, the overall erosion, but I just figured Frank Reich would be able to keep it together. Their offensive line has looked terrible. I mean, they went from having one of the best offensive lines and running attacks to just being pathetic running the football. Uh, the Colts, uh, obvious surprise of the year. And then for me, the other one I would just say is the disappointment of the year. Uh, it's just for the fan base has got to be such a gut punch. Now there's a ton of cat people for this. The Rams, obviously defending Super Bowl champions, the bucks, obviously you have Tom Brady uh, there. They've had a disappointing start so far. The, the Cardinals disappointing, but as far as fan bases go, you are disappointed as your fan. You're sitting there right now. It's got to be the green Bay Packers. It absolutely has to be the green Bay Packers. They have their back-to-back MVP. Who's now playing like dookie. Aaron Rodgers went from winning back-to-back MVPs to looking like, can this dude play? Is he like, what is he okay? What is going on? 
they are um, a mess offensively. They, you know, they they lost Adams and they just have not been able at all to put anything together in consistent offensive football, except for the one game where they ran the ball down the throat of the Bears, and, and they haven't done that since. Matt LaFleur, is he the coach? Is it a coaching problem? Is it a talent problem? Is it an Aaron Rodgers problem? The fan base is so confused. They are so on edge. They didn't make the moves of the deadline. You saw the fan base get frustrated by that. I think the Packers are absolutely dis- disappointing team of the year. I mean, I, I don't think people are totally shocked by the Vikings. Uh, I, I am a little bit. I thought the Vikings would miss the playoffs, but, you know, be around 500. Um, the, uh, but for them to be now, you know, fighting for the bottom of the division is, it's wild. And you just doesn't look like there's hope. I mean, the Bucks, you feel like there's hope you can get injuries back. You know, the Rams feel like there's, there's some injuries and, and maybe an Odell Beckham move to be made and their, the rest of their division is kind of falling apart. The Vikings are running away with it. Uh, the Packers have no answers. They made no moves. And Aaron Rodgers, you're paying him $50 million right now. And the dude looks like he just wants to retire and get out of there. It's a wild, wild scene uh, in Green Bay. There you go. My NFL midseason awards. It's on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. Uh, we have made our way through the first uh, break. When we come back, Hespin headline number two. We are back to 500 on our gambling picks this year. I feel good about this week. Let's get above 500. We'll go through every game in a week. 10 NFL preview. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO with the KHMO app brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. You wash your hands. You Bradley Joseph Seitz. Jerry Reed. Kate Weber. These are real veterans facing a real challenge. I have PTSD. And I have PTSD. I have PTSD. Post-traumatic stress disorder can happen to anyone. I was still in a war zone in my mind. But treatment can turn your life around. Treatment has really saved my life. To learn about PTSD and how treatment can help you, call your local VA medical center or visit ptsd.va.gov. The COVID-19 vaccine is an important choice for people at higher risk of COVID-19 complications because of diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart conditions. Getting back to life. It's up to you. A message from the American Heart Association. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. Not only are they your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, but check out their massive inventory of used vehicles. Yeah, you may not be in the market for a Honda or a Hyundai, one of the new uh, one of their new Hondas or Hyundais, but they have over 3,000 vehicles to choose from in their network of dealers. Uh, take it from me. I bought my truck from Kunis Honda Hyundai, and uh, I found it online, shopkunis.com. They were able to get it from one of their other locations, bring it to their Quincy location at 221 North 36th Street, right across the street from the Village Inn. And I was out of there with my new truck in a couple of hours, making a new deal, uh, lowering payments. They are doing some incredible things. Whether you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, check out Kunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them. Mark sent you. All right. We got to keep it moving here now. Uh, we move on to Hespin headline number two. Let's preview week 10 in the NFL. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. I am back to seven and seven on my on the year of gambling. I'm back to 500. I feel pretty good about that. I've, I've left some stuff on the table. Last week was two and oh. I had the Bengals minus seven. That crushed is my lock of the week. And my uh, my upset of the week was Commanders plus three and a half versus the Vikings. They did 
cover the three and a half, even though they didn't win. So congrats to me. Seven and seven on the year. I feel good about my lock of the week. Upset. There's not a lot of upsets I like. I like a lot of the favorites this week. Uh, but I found one. Now, my toss-up, I think you guys are going to agree with me. I have no idea what's going to go on in that game. So let's kick it off. Let's get started uh, with our Week 10 NFL preview. We'll start with the early game, the one in Munich, Germany. I've been to Munich. It's beautiful. A lot of fun. Oktoberfest. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks plus three, technically at Tampa in Munich. I like Tampa here uh, at, ho- uh, at home, in quotation marks. Um Tampa coming off a really kind of like season-saving win uh, against the Rams at home. Seattle coming off a huge win against a divisional opponent. Uh, Listen, Seattle is the better football team right now, playing better football. But I think Tom Brady will manage this atmosphere better. It's going to be a massive crowd in Munich. There is some only like, you know, 70,000 seats available in the stadium, and there's something like 3 million ticket requests for this game. It's going to be an electric atmosphere in Europe, in Munich, in Germany. I, I trust Tom in those moments. I also think Tampa... You know, you know, ending that losing streak, Tom Brady uh, getting you know able to focus back just on football, moving on from the tabloids and the divorce and the yada 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 that all comes with it. I really, really like uh, Tampa Bay. I think that they match up well with their receiving core against the uh, against the corners uh, of the Seattle Seahawks as well. I think Tampa's run defense is getting better. Uh, they're getting healthier, and they'll be able to stifle some of what Seattle wants to do. Uh, and I think Tom Brady in Europe on the big stage will make uh, the plays needed to uh, to get a W for the for the Bucks. I like the Bucks uh, against the Seahawks. The Lions at the Bears. Lions getting three points in Chicago. The Bears have played the Lions historically very, very well, especially recently. I like the Bears in this game offensively. Everything's clicking for them right now. The Bears absolutely have just been dominating running the ball. Justin Fields now feels more comfortable than ever. He is exploding onto the scene over the last three weeks. I think this game plan continues. I think the Bears can score on the Lions defense. I think the Bears could run on the Lions defense. And yes, the Bears defense is is now become very, very young, inexperienced, and uh, and trashy. But they have another week now of dealing with. Listen, they lost uh, Quinn two weeks ago. They lost Roquan Smith last week. They're two best defensive players. Now they've had some time to let the dust settle. I think they'll be able to, at home, play better, stop some of the leaks. Jared Goff and the Lions will score. They'll hit some big plays. The St. Brown brothers will uh, be facing off against each other. Look for Claypool, Mooney, the Bears offense to kind of all start really gelling together. Justin Fields running the ball. I like the Bears at home in a high-scoring affair. Yes, Bears-Lions high-scoring uh, something along the lines of 30-24. Uh, I think the Bears win and cover at home. Vikings plus four at Buffalo. This game, obviously the line could change. Justin, uh, you know, so much going on with the elbow of Josh Allen. Uh, it's a little undecided. I like the Bills regardless at home to rally, even if it is Case Keenum that plays in this game. I think at home, uh, do they cover? I don't know. But I think this Bills team reeling off that loss, uh, you know, they, you saw last year, they had some weird losses through the year, the Jaguars lost, and they bounced back. I think they bounced back as a team. Uh, they, uh, you know, have a lot to, you know, kind of prove 
uh, with uh, with uh, you know if Josh Allen's playing or not. I, I like the Bills at home against the Vikings. Broncos two and a half plus. Uh, underdogs, point underdogs at the Titans. I like the Titans. Listen, the Titans have an identity. The Broncos don't. The Titans run the ball. They go through Derrick Henry. Uh, will they get uh, their guy Ryan Tannehill back this week uh, and be able to uh, once again actually move the ball through the air? Uh, Malik Willis has looked overwhelmed the last two weeks. Uh, the Broncos, well-rested, you know, coming off the bye. Uh, I think they have a chance to make this uh, keep it early, keep it close, maybe even cover the two and a half. But I like the Titans and Derrick Henry with their identity to run the football, control the clock at home, and take care of a Broncos team that traded away their best defensive player and to me looks very, very rudderless at this point in the season. Jags, nine and a half point underdogs at the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs here at home. Kind of a get right game for them. Listen, it was a tough game against the the Titans on Sunday night football. I think they match up really well against the Jags. This is the type of performance where Patrick Mahomes uh, can can kind of cruise a little bit too. Look for Kelsey to be huge against the Jags. Uh, you know, multiple touchdown game for Patrick they got to establish running the ball. Patrick Mahomes can't be throwing the ball 60-plus times. I think they go back to the ground here a little bit as well against a vulnerable Jags defense. You know, if you're a Jags fan, uh, you want to see Trevor Lawrence just play well on the road. That's what you got to look out for. Losing games isn't the problem in Jacksonville right now. It's it's not the worst thing in the world to keep adding talent to this Jags roster. Just can't just... Uh, can Trevor Lawrence start to pop like Justin Fields has popped over the last couple of weeks? Big game for him. I think the Jags cover the nine and a half, but I like the Chiefs at home. We now arrive at my lock of the week. The Browns are three and a half point underdogs at the Dolphins. I love the Dolphins minus three and a half. I think the Dolphins will blow out the Browns at home. Dolphins are an explosive team uh, going up against a Browns defense that has given up a bunch of big plays so far this season. Still no Deshaun Watson. Uh, tough place to play in Miami. There's going to be a lot of heat, a lot of humidity uh, down there in Miami. And this Dolphins team with Tua, he hasn't lost when he has started a, a complete game and, and, and stayed healthy. I think this is a bad matchup for the Browns, a great matchup for the Dolphins at home. I think they'll take advantage of a Browns team, and they'll win easily. I, I, I think this Ryan line is uh, is silly that it's this close. Love the Dolphins, minus three and a half as my lock of the week. Texans plus five at the Giants. I like the Giants to win. Will they cover the five? I don't know. Um, Davis Mills has had a really interesting second year campaign so far. He's not uh, putting up tragic numbers, but he's certainly not giving you any sort of inspiration to where he could be the quarterback of the future. Listen, the, the the Texans seem to be now in the driver's seat for the first uh, the for the top overall pick. Them and the and the Panthers uh, seem to be maybe now maybe the Colts jockeying for that. Um, this is a Giants team that has surprised everyone. They have more of an identity with Danny Dimes and running the football. I think you see a big game out of Saquon Barkley. See a big game running out of Danny Dimes in New York at home. The Giants will win. The Giants will cover against the Texans. Saints, two and a half point underdogs at the Steelers. I love the Steelers in this game. Uh, They're coming off the bye. They got Chase Claypool out of the locker room. They had time with Kenny Pickett to kind of reset. This is when I thought they should have started Kenny Pickett anyways, was after the bye and giving him all this time. He's got experience. This is a Saints team uh, that has been a roller coaster, kind of up and down defensively. They have some bite, but they're on the road. I think that Andy Dalton can be taken advantage of. The Steelers' defense is frisky. It can get after you. 
I think it's low scoring. I think it's tight. I think Pickett makes a play or two at the end, maybe even with his feet. He's more mobile than you think. I like the Steelers at home to take care of the Saints. Colts at Raiders. Um, this was my almost toss-up game of the week. This is a wild game. I, I, listen, the Colts just fired their coach. Seems like they're going into tank mode. They have an interim coach who's never coached before, but he's a legend. I think they're going to be all sorts of sloppy, but also kind of all sorts of inspired. It's a weird place to be in in, in Indianapolis. Uh, I think if they were playing anyone else but the Raiders... I would absolutely love that team. But it's the Raiders. The Raiders have been a disaster. Now there's rumors that Derek Carr, they may look to trade him or move on from him. Uh, he's got an out in his contract. Josh McDaniels had a disaster of year. They just cut Josh Jacob. Um, I mean, Abram, they, they are absolutely in free fall, the Raiders are. And I, and I think part of the free fall is trying to protect McDaniels. I think they like McDaniels. I think they're just trying to show the rest of the world, like this dude was dealt a bare cupboard. The, the drafts from uh, Gruden Mayock were so bad that it's taking a long time to rebuild, and it's going to take some time to rebuild. Listen, I'll take the Raiders because I think the Colts are the only team in the NFL right now who might be more of a disaster than the Raiders is the Colts. Uh, the Raiders have Adams. Uh, they have Carr, the better quarterback, so I'm going to go with that and trust it. They're at home, uh, but man, oh, man, oh, man, would it shock anyone if the Colts came out and did a big upset win against the Raiders, I don't think it would shock me. I really don't, uh, even with their head coaching current situation. Uh, Cowboys, four-and-a-half-point favorites at the Packers. This is a fascinating game, a really, really fascinating game. I like the Cowboys in Green Bay. I have no trust in the Packers, zero trust in the Packers. Um, I know you might be just saying, oh, I'm a Bears fan. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just hating on the Packers. You show me how you have faith in, in the Packers right now beyond using, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. Because we can just sit here. I can sit here for five minutes and just say, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll figure it out, and they'll get it together, and uh, they'll upset the Cowboys. Listen, the Cowboys have a legit defense. They have a ton of weapons on offense. It looks like they could be getting Zeke back for this game. Um, they're going to run the football. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys are talking OBJ possibly adding. I think there's good vibes around the Cowboys. They are in a tough situation where they know they got to keep up with the Eagles in their own division. I like the Cowboys in Green Bay. The, the Packers' offensive line and the problems they've had against that defensive front with Micah Parsons and the, and the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers, three interceptions last week. He, he's throwing the ball up a little bit. Uh, you look out for Diggs to get handsy on, on, a, on an interception, possibly. Uh, this Packers team just has no weapons that I'm scared of, and they refuse to just commit to running the ball with Jones and Dylan, even though I feel like that's probably the strength of their football team right now. If the Packers win, will I be shocked? Absolutely not. But if I'm making a pick going into this game, there is nothing that tells me I should have faith in the Packers keeping up with scoring with the Cowboys, even though they're at home. I like the Cowboys at home and to cover the four and a half. I'll take the Cowboys over the Packers. My toss up of the week is Sunday is uh, is the one of the late games on Sunday Cardinals plus three at the Rams. Cardinals have just been so unpredictable. They are a, uh, a an absolute roller coaster ride. They've been better since Hopkins got back. Then they were disastrous last week against the against the Seattle. If you're a Cardinals fan, you got to be really concerned. I mean, you have your quarterback locked up on a giant deal, and he's playing like poop. And uh, this is a you know he's playing in the sense a lot like Carson Wentz. And I don't think people are being critical enough of Kyler Murray. He he got paid the big deal like Wentz and Goff did. 
and he is playing almost worse than they both did. I mean, it, it, when Alicia could argue got the injuries and, and everything got to fell apart for him. Uh, Kyler got paid big, and his team is multiple games below 500. He's got his coach locked up with him. He's got legit weapons. They brought in Robbie Anderson. They got Hopkins back. Uh, they have a good tight end, a solid offensive line, and a defense that's got some talent. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury deserves to be on the hot seat. Kyler Murray deserves a lot of national criticism. And then they're playing against a divisional rival who's the defending Super Bowl champs who have been completely lost this year offensively. They have zero running game. Sean McVay deserves a lot of criticism for this. I get it. You're injured. You're beat up. But Matt Stafford does not look like Matt Stafford. It looks like age is caught up to Matt Stafford really quickly or whatever's going on with that elbow. Uh, the the Rams are in trouble. This uh, this uh, the C, uh, Excuse me. The Cardinals are in trouble. Uh, I don't trust either of these teams. Similar to last week with the Bucks uh, and the Rams. One of them's got to win. I'll take the Rams, I guess. If you have a better read on this game, let me know. Uh, but it's my toss-up of the week. Hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin. I'll take the Rams, uh, but it is my toss-up of the week. I'm certainly not betting it. Uh, Sunday Night Football is my upset of the week. Here we go. Chargers plus seven at 49ers. Listen, this Chargers team is getting a little healthier. They got a nice win last week. And they have Justin Herbert. They have Khalil Mack on that defensive line. This 49ers team is a ton of fun to watch, but Jimmy G in prime time, little different. If you check the numbers, he's a little different in prime time than he is. I uh, got a little of that Kirk Cousins just kind of bury me at noon on a Sunday and uh, no one big time watching me and I'll play a little bit better. Listen, I think the Niners probably win at home, but seven points a lot for Justin Herbert, the better quarterback in this game. I think Herbert finds a way to keep it close. Uh, within a field goal or or even closer, maybe even leading late, and the Niners get a drive to win it with a field goal. I like the Chargers to cover the seven. So there you go. My lock of the week is the Dolphins minus three and a half. My upset of the week is the Chargers plus seven. I feel good about those games. Let's get to nine and seven on the year gambling, shall we, boys? Finally, final game of the week, uh, Monday Night Football, Commanders minus uh, plus 11, excuse me, at the Eagles. Ton of points, almost took the Commanders, but I'll just stay away from it. Eagles getting another primetime game, another opportunity to show uh, their dominance coming off of the Thursday night game. It's kind of a mini buy for them. I love the Eagles in this spot at home to get to nine and ho, nine and oh. I don't think they feel the pressure yet of the undefeated season. Um, the commanders are a team, you know, I think they've been playing better with Taylor Heineke. I think they will keep it close. I could very well see the commanders being within 11 points of this game uh, because of some late scores. I think that Jalen hurts. This offense will come out humming early, put the game away, try to run the football with miles Sanders and maybe, yeah, uh, the commanders score a, a, you know, a late touchdown or two to cover the, uh, the, the big spread of 11 points. But I like the Eagles. So there you go. Uh, that is my Week 10 NFL preview on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. And uh, when we come back, we will uh, switch our focus to the college football game. The college football playoff rankings came out. I think the rankings got it wrong. And I think they will be proven wrong here uh, within the next couple of weeks. You're listening on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cutis Honda Hyundai. Your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. I will be right by your side. Women can have it all, including heart attacks. 
But symptoms like jaw pain, nausea, unusual fatigue, dizziness, and backache are often different and more subtle than for a man. The fact is, heart disease is the number one killer of women. Know the signs. Learn more at getheartchecked.org. From Women's Heart Alliance, in partnership with Women Heart. At Teamology Forecast from the News Talk 1070, KHMO Weather Center. Cloudy skies expected today, with daytime highs approaching 34. Winds out of the northwest, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Clear skies tonight, lows around 21. Tomorrow, high of 39. About an inch of snow, Monday night, right now 30. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. You got to ask them about that no fear lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. I'm telling you, it's incredible what they're doing. Uh, they stop by the dealership. You can see all the vehicles they have a lifetime powertrain warranty on, all their new vehicles used vehicles, and uh, their service department is so special over there. You want to stop by, tell them Mark sent you. Just get a little shopping in this weekend. Uh, you won't regret it at Cunis Honda Hyundai. Join the family like I did. Uh, they're all about faith, family, and giving back. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Welcome on back to the show as we uh, move off of NFL football. Yes, yes, yes. We got to move off NFL football. Uh, we're going to uh, dive into the college football slate. Listen, the um, uh, college football playoff rankings just came out on uh, earlier this week. It's the second of the college football playoff rankings. And I don't know exactly why the college football playoff ranking committee do- does what they do in, in as far as their decisions, uh, because in my opinion, I think TCU is extremely o- overvalued. Um, I get it. They're undefeated. They've won the games, right? And you want to maybe reward a team for being 9-0. and There's only uh, four undefeated teams in the Power 5 left. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCO, the, TCU. That's your one through four. But let's be honest. I think we all agree, which is our eyes watching the game, that Tennessee, that Oregon, uh, that L- LSU even, I would argue, it, it, Alabama, better teams than TCU. Yeah, Maybe TC. I, I think TC is probably better than USC. Uh, could go toe to toe with Clemson, Ole Miss, the UCLA's, the Utahs of the world. Um, but TCU in a college football playoff is um, is something I don't think any of us want to see because we've seen it over and over again with Michigan State. We've seen it with uh, Cincinnati last year. I just think they're a team that's going to get blown out. Now I, I think TCU will get taken care of this weekend because they are at Texas. Uh, it's a huge game Saturday night, 6.30 on ABC local time uh, tonight. And um, I think Texas will take care of TCU at home, and they'll kind of right that ship. Now, having said that, what does that mean for the rest of the college football playoff ranking? Well, we know a couple things. This top four is not going to stay the same. If TCU beats Texas, their, their window is pretty open to stay in the top four. And, uh, and I think they'll have maybe earned that spot going going undefeated and staying through it. But Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other, obviously. Uh, Georgia has a pretty easy schedule going on out. They've made it through their big games. But Georgia is the one team that I think at this point in time, if they finish the regular season undefeated, they're a lock. Because even if they lose then to an Alabama, to an LSU um in the uh, in the SEC championship game, I don't think anyone will hold it against them. We still think Georgia is one of the four best teams in the country. That's where things could get a little wild. So I, I feel good about Georgia being in the top four, uh, especially if they make the regular season undefeated. Ohio State or Michigan, whichever of those teams make it through the season undefeated, 
they are going to be a top four team. They will lock up a playoff spot. Absolutely. Because again, even if they lose in a, in a conference championship game, I think we'll feel pretty good about, okay, that was a one game, one off type of thing. Uh, their resume shows enough for them to be there. Uh, and I still think the loser of the game, say Ohio State or Michigan, whatever, whichever team loses really, really close, I still think there is a, a real opportunity that though that team, uh, the loser, could make it into the top four depending on how uh, the other uh, uh, you know conference games go down. There's a chance. Um, so obviously we know that the, the rankings get shaken up there. And then you look at Oregon, you look at LSU, and you look at Tennessee. All three of them have a great path and a great window. Tennessee can easily, you know, jump up, you know, when a Michigan or Ohio State loses, if TCU loses, they can be that kind of one loss team that cruises in. They won't play in the conference championship game. They'll have done enough. Their only loss is a really quality loss uh, to Georgia. And so Tennessee is in a great spot right now. Oregon, similarly. Oregon, if they win out, they get Washington this week, Utah, two ranked opponents. They win those games, win out, win their conference championship game. Oregon has every right then to say, look at our resume versus your resume. The only loss we have is to what would be the probably number one team in the country at that point in time. And Oregon has a chance to say, slide on in, really, really good spot. If I had to guess at this point in time, I think Georgia wins out, wins the SEC title game. I think Ohio State wins out and wins the Big Ten title game. They're one and two locked going into the playoff. I then predict Tennessee and Oregon to both win out and to find that spot to get into that positioning. And I would, if I had to make a, some sort of a prediction right now, I would lean towards one Georgia, two Ohio State, or Michigan, whoever wins that game, three being Tennessee, four being Oregon. That's your college football playoff. And that may be, at that point in time, the best college football playoff that we've ever got as far as competitive college football playoff. A one-loss Oregon team getting a chance to right the ship against Georgia and defend that you know upset, uh, very capable. Um, Ohio State or Michigan undefeated against a one-loss Tennessee team, absolutely really fun to watch. I think that would be an incredible college football playoff. So, yes, TCU's in there now. TCU could play spoiler. I think as college football fans, though, we should look to have TCU lose. You should be rooting for Texas tonight because TCU in the college football playoff, I think to me, guarantees there being one real big blowout game, and we want to avoid blowouts in the college football playoff at this point. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, a little NBA talk to wrap up the show. The Nets have their new head coach. And what to make of the Utah Jazz right now? I, I scoffed at them a couple weeks ago. Now I'm going to try to put my thinking cap on hard and give some perspective. I think the Utah Jazz are a microcosm for the NBA at large. We'll get into that. It's on the market. News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Stock market have you neurology forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Cloudy skies expected today with daytime highs approaching 34. Winds out of the northwest 8 to 15 miles per hour. Clear skies tonight, lows around 21. Tomorrow, high of 39. About an inch of snow, Monday night. Right now, 30. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Uh, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. 
Tell them Mark sent you and shop online. Shopcunis.com. Check out their entire inventory online. And when you go to the dealership, tell them Mark sent you and let them know you want to join the Cunis fam- uh, the Cunis family. Uh, you will not regret it. Trust me on that. All right. Uh, wrapping up the show, a ton of football talk. I, you know, I, I, I just want to uh, quickly say again, I like Texas tonight. There's not a lot of great college football games tonight besides uh, TCU at Texas and then Bama at Ole Miss. Bama needs to win and they need some help uh, to get around back into the uh, college football playoff. Uh, you know, Bama has a chance as a two loss. You know, if LSU slips up somewhere, stay as a two loss team. Uh, and get a, get back ahead of them in Ole Miss as long as they take care of Ole Miss. But Alabama's not totally dead yet, uh, but uh, it wouldn't would it shock anyone if Alabama wins out, LSU slips up, Alabama beats Georgia, and they find a way into the playoff? I don't think so. Uh, but really quickly, I want to focus on the Nets. They actually hire Jacques Vaughn uh, through this year. So uh, he stepped up as the interim coach. There was a lot of talk about Ime Udoko. Um, I think this is the right choice for them. Stay away from the drama of Ime. You got enough going on with Kyrie Irving and his craziness. I'm done with Kyrie Irving. Uh, and uh, I think that the Nets are finally looking at this thing from a basketball perspective as far as, hey, you know what? We have a really great player in Kevin Durant, and we need to start uh, showing him and and getting uh, proving to him that we can turn this thing around in the absolute right way, meaning – uh, let's get the right guy in here. Let's give this guy a chance to earn the job. Let us try to make maybe some smart moves and some smart, smart trades. I would look to move Kyrie Irving. I don't know what he's worth, uh, but anything is better than nothing at this point uh, because of, of the disaster that he has been in New, in New York, in Brooklyn, the headache that he has caused. Uh, ben Simmon, I would look to move him as well. Try to get some real shooters and some pieces around Kevin Durant. He Kevin Durant can win you a lot of games and a lot of playoff series if you build the right team around him. If I'm the Nets, I'm absolutely thinking about that and making those decisions. And I think Jacques Vaughn hiring him is a step in that direction. Uh, as far as the other team, the surprise team in the NBA right now, the Utah Jazz, they're you know first place uh, at the top of the top of the Western Conference. And everyone thought they were tanking. You know, they trade their two best players and they've gotten somehow better. Well, this is, there's two things to this. First off, A, regular season NBA basketball and postseason NBA basketball, it, like, like the NFL season, it's completely different. Why do I write off the Vikings, even though they're seven and one and they're great? It's because of Kirk Cousins. And it, it, you need in the playoffs great players to make great plays. And that's what they get paid a ton of money for. Now, the Jazz are certainly capable of. Winning the regular season looks like, and and maybe even you know winning a playoff series or two. But when it comes down to it, you need big players and big moments to make big plays. But what the Jazz are showing, I think this is a real thing that NBA general managers going to look out for right now, is that if you get a good collection of young Your talent, are doing to play 